Welcome to the Dog Spot Podcast with Melanie and Katie, where we're going to talk about everything dogs, especially wellness. That includes dog behavior, force-free grooming, nutrition, and lifestyle tips. This podcast is for general information only. It's not intended for medical advice, diagnostic, or treatment. Make sure to always check with your vet and consult when needed or talk with your pet care specialist for specific advice for your pup. All right, welcome back to episode four, where we're going to be talking about environmental allergies and prevention. So for the springtime coming soon. Yeah, spring. I can't wait for spring. Mm. This winter is uh, getting a little long. Long enough for sure. Mm. I'm ready for spring. Yeah. (laughs) We have a little tease of weather here and there and uh, I'm over winter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, so how are we going to start this subject? Uh, we're going to talk about really basics of when you're going to go on in the outdoors. Um, an important thing to do when... Because uh, outside there's a lot of toxins in the environment. The, the could be pollen. When it comes that the spring, there's going to be the grass. There's going to be all of these things. From the cars, there's also all of the pollutions that come from other stuff. When the, your dog is going to be walking outside is going to drag all of these things on on its paws and when we come inside the house then the dog if we're not cleaning its paws the whole house is going to be full of toxins yeah so not only is it bad for them because they're going to be sleeping on the floor sleeping on their bed and they walked all over it and as much as even for us it's not good exactly and there might be some dogs or some people who might be more sensitive than others some you might have no problem your dog might have no problem but it is still a good habit to get into it's a good opportunity for training it's a good opportunity for you know making good routines and you're basically preventing any issues coming forward you know if your dog stepped in something could be another dog's poop could be an oil spill if the dog goes and licks his paws after we don't know how he might react how he's right? gonna react to it and then maybe it's just not that one time but if every time he licks his paws and he's licking those toxins every single day two three times a day yeah. imagine the impact on its immune system exactly and we're talking about springtime too so think about all the snow melting now we do use less salt i'm pretty sure when it comes to um for ice on this on on the ice they put uh, more sand than they do salt but there's still salt there's still salt so yeah. that also is going to dry out your dog's paws could potentially dry out your dog's paws could cause cracks and you know then you're going to have to treat you're going to have to use a bomb that's a treat treating bomb which is fine but getting into the habit of washing the paws wiping them down you're really avoiding a lot of unnecessary things that could come up in the future yeah side note actually we're talking about paws and paw bombs And we're still a little bit in the winter, so let's talk about... We have a brand, uh, Loyal Paws, where we made our own uh, paw balm. And that's going to be good as much as it is for summer. Well, pretty much every season. It's four seasons. It's multiple usage as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So first, it's going to protect from the cold. It's going to protect from heat. So in the summer, from the hot asphalt. As well, is it going to protect against salt from all the burns and everything? And... Our paw balm, which is different from other ones on the market, is that it's going to go on and repair if in case there is cracks or if the dog has sensitive paws and stuff like that. Yeah, so so if there's dryness, if there's, uh, you know, cracks, like you mentioned, 
It's gonna go also repair. We've even used it for lip balm. Oh my god, I use it on my lips. It's amazing. And I've used it on. Uh, I had a scratch that I put it on, and it hydrated, and like my scratch went away super fast. That's so good. So this pom pom is like you, good for your pets, good for you, good for spring, summer, fall, winter. You know, good for the nose, good for the paws. So it really is uh, a staple to have around. Um, with really no no harsh ingredients at all. We used all natural ingredients of the best quality. So Yeah, absolutely. So really, t- technically, when it comes to a balm, there's not really a difference between a human product and a dog product. The only thing is that with humans, because it's on our lips, they're going to usually put flavorings. Mm-hmm. This one obviously doesn't have flavors. It's just the flowers, the, the natural f- flowers that are healing, that have healing properties. So if you don't mind the smell of the flowers on your lips... I mean, I've used it multiple times, and it's honestly one of the best ones I've used for yeah. myself. So, you could use it on yourself, you could use it on your dog's paws, just for healing, or if you want to prevent it from also going outside. Now, again, we still recommend, in case it might, might still have a greasy uh, residue on the paws when you come in, yeah. still clean it, because then the toxins are still going to be there. So, yeah. we would still recommend cleaning the paws. One thing we found important was to put a little less wax. You know, there is beeswax or other types of wax in a lot of paw bombs, which is absolutely fine. That's what's going to go and make a protective barrier. Yeah. However, having majoritarily wax, you're not doing much other than covering the paw. Exactly. So, we did include that, of course, because it's it's necessary for a bomb. For the But base. we have a little bit less we're quite a bit less so it is a little on the more oily greasy side but it's not oily greasy yeah the balm is more on the like gel oh not gel but like between a creamy creamy yeah Yeah. like more on the creamy side so it's not thick like a those those lip balms or stuff that are like really stiff like let's say a candle yeah and it's not liquid also uh, that's a good comparison yeah. yeah so it's more on that that sense in the middle yeah, so that that was good to mention because it's absolutely it, it, it counts with what we're saying right here about wiping the paws. Yeah. That could be a, something that you get into the habit of doing too. If you have a dog that's difficult in the winter, you're having him used to getting his ta- paws wiped after the walk. You could get him used to having his balm put on before the walk as well. It could be yeah. a whole routine. Another manipulations uh, wise, where we're manipulating different ways, cleaning and preventing, where we're protecting the paws on the, uh, on the outside as well. We mentioned as well, um, if you're having a hard time getting your dog to let you touch his paws, obviously you have to go at his pace, don't start forcing him, but there is something that we can do to make it more positive. And that would be either using treats, or one that we really love is using a lick mat. Yeah, so what I would say, uh, there's models that we have in store that could be stuck to a window or a flat surface. Mm So you put peanut butter, you could put other types of things. You could put, if your dog's on a raw diet, you could put, you could apply the raw, you could put canned food. Yeah. Then just let the dog lick a little snack. And then at the meantime, you clean the paws at the same time. Obviously this, I would prefer you starting to do this before the dog's already traumatized. Yeah. If the dog's already hates to get the paws touched, maybe the lick mat's not enough and we might need to do a little bit of desensitization. Exactly. Yeah. So let us know at that point if you need help regarding that, but this is a good way to keep the experience positive because paws have a lot of nerve sensitivities. They have a lot of those hairs that have sense. Um, they sense everything much more on their paws, mm-hmm. like on their face, because yeah. on their face they have their, their whiskers. It's the same thing. Their paws are very sensitive. Not that it hurts, but there's more sensation. Yeah. So because there's more sensations, kind of like us with our fingers where we touch everything with our tips of our fingers, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. So, which is why we need to protect it too. Look at us. Yeah. We have to wear we have to wear gloves. We wear scarves. We yeah. wear hats. 
Well, you know, dogs, yeah, they have fur that, to protect their paws in the outdoors, but not all breeds are the same and not every dog is the same. So no. protecting those sensitive areas like the nose and paws, well, it, it's an opportunity for training, but we're really just looking out for their well-being. We do live in Canada. You know, we do get harsh winters. Again, some breeds can handle that better than others, but it's still a good learning opportunity. It's still a good opportunity to bond with your pet have a training moment and have an easier time outside, especially if you want to be outside a little bit longer. Absolutely. And then there's, you know, there's, like you said, there's more dogs that are more sensitive than others. If they're sensory wise too sensitive, they might hate wearing boots. And then yeah. you're going to be like, Oh my God, this is my dog. Yeah. Well, then the paw bomb is going to be less invasive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're talking paw cleaning. So that's the number one thing we wanted to start with because it's pretty, uh, pliable right now. Uh, relevant was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, now another thing coming into spring is something that we want to start considering. Let's talk about more like still in the pop cleaning. What can you use to clean the paws? Because now oh, we're talking yeah. about that's true on the outside. Uh, how to like protect it on the outside? Yeah. But then when the dog's coming inside, we still need to clean. Right. Now we could do. You could use dog wipes, like cleaning mm -hmm. wipes. Yeah. You could use dry shampoo. Again, what we need to specify when it comes to liquid products, when it has water, there is pH. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to liquid products, you have to use a dog product. Right. So a lot of people will use stuff that maybe they'll use on, the, on themselves for humans, which I'm not saying absolutely not, but you need to know what's in it. You need to know, like you just said, the pH for a dog is going to be different than our pH level. So we j need to look at the ingredients in our stuff. And if, especially if you're going to use it on your dog, know what you're putting on your dog. Because you could go ahead and dry his paws out way more by using a product that's not meant for them. Yeah, so it's, if it's human, human pH-wise, so our pH is a little more acidic than the dog's, that means it's going to dry out their skin. So it might crack. Then after what we're doing is that we're cleaning, then cracking their paws, then we have to use a treatment to help the cracking. Yeah. So we're not really, it's not really useful and then we're maybe going to waste more money than to just buy an, a, a dog product yeah. and just go on and clean the dog with uh, wipes that are specifically for dogs or a dry shampoo or a cleaning agent that is specifically meant for the dog yeah i know some people who do use just a, like a cloth with water and that is okay but just think about you might not be getting everything off yeah the residues you might take some of it off as much as possible but there's still going to be maybe some things that are a little more hard to come off yeah and they're still going to be there yeah so definitely use your discretion for your pet um you can do trial and error as well start with one thing and see if you need to progress onto something else uh, but really, we're looking at everything we're talking about here, whether it's paws, nose, wiping, protecting. Uh, we're talking about going at their pace. And we're talking about using that as a good opportunity to have them being manipulated as well. Yeah, absolutely. The whole package. Yeah. So we mentioned cloth with water. We have the wipes that are for dogs. We could use dry shampoo. Is there anything else that we can use when it comes to cleaning? I think that's, I think pretty, that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. It's just to be careful, you know, with the products that you have at home, either it's a cleaning product for your house, again, doesn't have the same pH. Yeah. Or human products don't have the same pH. When yeah. there's water, there's going to be a pH level. Mm -hmm. And the pH levels are probably not the same for the dogs. And yeah. then you're going to dry their skin out. You're going to irritate their skin. And now we're here trying to protect them against the toxins from outside. And now we're adding other... Yeah 
toxins were un- unbalancing their skin levels yeah. of pH. So That's actually something that personally I'll admit, it's not something I thought about very often that their pH is that much different than ours, you know? It's different, yeah. Yeah, they're doing, like, they're in our homes, they come out with us, they go everywhere with us. It's not the first thing you're going to think of. So that's definitely something important to mention. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about... uh, Now spring is coming. So prevention to the change of season. How are we going to approach this? Okay. So one thing that I've learned is if we're going to go a preventative way for allergies and we're going to go a more natural way, which is the best way to go when it comes to prevention, you know, you don't want to be too invasive. Uh, is taking a bit of advance on your treatment because you don't want to end up at a point where, okay, your dog is in full-blown allergies and now we have to treat now because the symptoms have already started. We're talking about prevention and if we already know that our dog is sensitive to certain things in certain seasons, such as spring, summer, and fall, we want to take the ahead, the jump ahead and prepare for that. Exactly. So when we're talking about their immune system... If their immune system is already to the max or already very high, so what immune system is the antibodies. Mm -hmm. If the antibodies are already reacting to the allergen and we want to try to use natural methods to try to help, we might just reduce the symptoms a little bit. Okay. Now, if we're doing, we're boosting the immune system, which we're helping the dog's body be strong before the allergens come, the dog's going to be stronger against those allergens and then the dog's going to have either little to no symptoms at all. Okay, so we have to look at it kind of, uh, let's say we're looking at it as a temperature gauge from low to high. If yeah. the immune system's already high and then something else comes on top of that, well, we're going to definitely have some sort of reaction because we're already at a max. Yeah. But so- if we're preventing with probiotics and other remedies, we're going to bring that level down so that if we do get hit with another type of stressor, such as allergies, then we have room to work with. Yes, it will be much easier for the body and it's going to be stronger. We're just building uh, a structure type of thing where we're just giving the dog stuff so that he's ready for the battle. Mm -hmm. And if we're preparing before battle or you're going unexpected, well, obviously when you're unexpected, you're not as prepared and you might fail, Mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of a little bit in that sense of... uh, a metaphor if we're talking really uh, outside of the subject a little bit but yeah so I would recommend let's say some of them the dogs once the grass is out the flowers starting to bloom all of these things there's already dogs that are very very sensitive to anything outdoors yeah so those they might start already by when the snow melts that's it so the snow melting too that also contains bacteria so that's an added the reason why yeah the reason why spring is so important is because the snow is melting there's a lot of bacteria in the snow exactly and then if they're sniffing on the floor they're maybe licking the floor licking that water the stained water that's on the floor then they could get gastro yeah we don't know what's in that we don't know so then again that again it's not helping them in their situation because now during the winter maybe they weren't outside as much a Mm -hmm. lot of people they say they walk their dogs less Mm -hmm. because it's too cold because of the salt uh etc etc so already the dog's immune system is kind of low in the winter same type of exposure factor for us right you know you look at how we stayed in for two years everybody's getting sick now oh yeah 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 (laughs) it's kind of the same thing that it's it's the same type of situation that applies for the dogs you know like you said they're a little bit more indoors a little bit more they're less exposed now we have all kinds of bacteria we on the ground we also have bacteria or or pollutants in the air 
So we're getting hit twice here. That's kind of funny. We're comparing the dog to like being in the winter and lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you guys now totally understand the subject. They were in lockdown too. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like they're in lockdown all winter and now it's like their immune system's low and we need to help them yeah. get out there in the world. Yeah. And that really is the best way to prevent. Yeah. Is so, by optimizing the immune system. Yeah. So if we're talking spring wise, we're going to talk about probiotics. If you want to know the whole protocol and how we want to approach pro- um, probiotics, go on into our episode three yeah. to go listen there. In we talked, depth. <laughs> we talked all about probiotics during that episode, so we're not going to repeat it here. And then it's going to be immune boosting supplements. Yeah. So either if your dog is really sensitive to anything outdoors, greens like plants leaves grass all of the things and it's once this the snow melts that it starts we have to think about okay the snow is melting it's coming we're giving it right away about a month about a month before if we can they have to get strong before the the allergies come yeah and that's why it's also important guys to pay attention to the symptoms of what's going on with your dog year round right because if your dog is totally fine in the in the winter in the fall but then once spring hits it's a whole different story well you 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 can learn from that you can take that as an example of okay there's something that shifts and changes in the body at this time what can we do to prevent it and that's what we're talking about now yeah and if not if it's not necessarily right at spring that the dog's going to start getting itchy or having any, like dermatitis all of these things on the external wise the big season it's when um there's a high levels of pollen which is usually in august here maybe on your side depending on where you guys live might be different but us is definitely august yeah and a lot of dogs go to the vet at this time to get some sort of medication for the itching right so i would do is if it's only in august or there's a specific month where you guys live that it's worse i would do a month before same way we're starting the immune boosting supplements to make sure that we're helping them prevent as much itching and whatever as possible physically. Yeah, and the reason why we're giving a 30-day window, about a month, I mean, you can always start a little bit before, is if we're using natural remedies, we're using products that are more on the natural side, of course you're not going to see a result in the next three to five days of using the product. No. You need to have that in the daily routine for at least three weeks. To start seeing some sort of yes. results. So any supplement you guys want to use on your dog, it's at least a good month before you start seeing results. Yeah, but these are the products that are also going to have little to no side effects as well. There's no know? side. Yeah, usually there's no side effects. Yeah. Unless we're going to talk about right now once exactly. we talk about those products. But if they're allergic to those, then there's no point of even trying to boost with those because then they're going to be allergic to them. So yeah. so we're going to give you a few examples of natural supplements that you can use. Um, yeah, we're going to start with bee pollen. That's probably, I would say, one of the most common natural supplements that I've seen going around, whether even for, for us. For humans, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very popular one. And what's fun about bee pollen is that it's gentle. Mm-hmm. It's uh, this, one of the safest ones that usually won't have a reaction to. Yeah. But again, we still have to be careful in case they're maybe allergic to either bees or honey. Or honey. There could be like some sort of contamination in, in a sense. So we have to be careful. If maybe we notice that there's increased itching during bee pollen, then we're going to know we can't use it. Yeah, that's it. And I don't think you'd get much more of a, a reaction than an increased amount of itching. Like you said, it's pretty gentle. I 
don't think I think maybe there was one in the past year or two that I've seen somebody say no my dog I know I can't give him honey so I'm not going to give him pollen I said yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so we've had it's very little cases it's a very small percentage and what's bee pollen is that necessarily it's a natural uh, quercetin that there's inside yeah so quercetin is a uh, natural antihistamine Yes. Yeah. So the quercetin is naturally inside bee pollen as a natural ingredient. Now, if you want to get it more on a where they got extracted the quercetin, we do have it in the open farm chews. Yep. So open for, open farm has their line of supplemented chews uh, for different things. So in their immune chew, we actually have quercetin in there. There's a few other things. I think there was chamomile as well. There's probiotics. I think inside there's probiotics, quercetin, and maybe something else. I don't know everything by heart that's inside, but I know it's kind of the perfect ingredient where if you're just trying to do prevention, let's say your dog does not have allergies yet and you want to make sure that you're preventing it from happening, I would use the open farm chews. It's a bit of an easier option as well. I mean, depending on how far you want to go, maybe your dog's a little bit picky and doesn't really like the taste of the bee pollen but he prefers more of a treat. Of course, this type of treat from Open Farm, it does have more ingredients. So if you're going for the least amount of ingredients possible, well, bee pollen is one ingredient. Yeah, for sure. For food sensitivity wise, we're gonna go more with uh, single ingredient supplements where we'll have less complications of choosing a supplement. But if we're going prevention wise, or the dog doesn't have food sensitivities, the open farm chews are a great option. It's going to be much easier. It's a, it's like a It's cookie. like a treat. It's yeah. like a little cookie. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, so then we have the big one. Now, this uh, supplement in particular is the strongest prevention for allergies that we really have on the market. Yes. So this one is really one of my favorites. The only thing is there's certain things about it that might be... Uh, contradictive that it's not gonna work so it's beef colostrum now what I'm saying with this is that if your dog's allergic to beef or allergic to dairy because colostrum comes from the dairy of the cows uh, then we can't use this one yeah so basically if you guys don't know what colostrum is it's uh, when uh, the cow is gonna give birth to a baby calf uh, the colostrum is the first bit of milk that comes out after the baby's been born. And that's full, full, full of... Uh, antibodies. Antibodies, exactly. So that's going to be preparing the calf to have its own immune system now that it's out in the world. So using that for our dogs or for ourselves or, you know, it can anybody could really use this. It's just the most natural way to boost the immune system. One yeah. of the most natural ways to boost the immune system yeah. Uh, and the strongest and it's the well. strongest one because even for us if we're going with breastfeeding if for us too we're going to get colostrum and yeah. that's the best way to protect ourselves is from a natural immune system from our mother or there are supplements that exist just like this one where it's an extracted colostrum which is usually kind of expensive I heard for humans it's pretty expensive mm-hmm. but um, it's it's usually one of the strongest ones for allergies um the allergies situation. Yeah, so they have this uh, extracted and uh, made into a powder form. Uh, so this is easy just to sprinkle on the food. And uh, like we said at the beginning, a month before the allergies are going to start. This one, seeing as though it's a bit stronger, I'd say maybe it'll take three weeks. A good three weeks, three, four weeks for sure. Yeah. And I've seen both ways where I've had clients, I recommended them because this has been 
these products, it's been a few years. I've been using it and recommending it to my clients. So you know they work. So I know they work. And I've seen just giving it to clients that already have, the dogs already have allergies. Mm -hmm. And they're complaining, oh, my dog's itching so much and I want something natural. I don't want to go to the vet. And they noticed reduced itching. And if I then the next year, I tell them, keep your keep your supplement. The, the dates usually are pretty long on it. Mm-hmm. Keep it in the fridge. It's going to last even longer. Mm-hmm. And then next season, use it a month before. And then they're like, they message me back a, a year later. Hey, thank you so much for recommending me to do mm-hmm. one month before because the results are game changer. There you go, guys. So, I mean, it's not lost. Your money isn't lost. You know, we're all trying to be careful with what we spend on. And that's why we're trying to give you a few different options as well what's going to work, what's going to be more stronger, what's going to be best depending on your dog's, like if they have allergies, if they have sensitivities. Also for the budget, you know, we want to have a variety of different options. Yeah, so let's say another another way that we could do it also is if we have a dog that you tell me it's really severe, like it's Mm -hmm. the dog does dermatitis, itching to the point of like going all the way to the blood, Mm, I would go and do a combo. I would go beef pollen and beef colostrum if we can. Yeah, that's definitely something that you can do. It's not going to be overwhelming to the system because these products are natural. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's also something if you guys are ever unsure or you're maybe thinking, I want to do this, but I'm not so sure where to start. Please reach out to us. That's what we're there for. We want we want to be able to give you the right advice based on your situation we don't want you spending your money for nothing and coming back and saying this did absolutely nothing for my dog or it wasn't the right thing for my dog. Love to know where we get all the products we talk about on our podcast? Head to musospa.com and use promo code DOGSPA to get 11% off your purchases. Exclusions do apply. Shipping is available all over Canada. So there is another um, method that is used for uh, itching. I'm going to say itching. For itching, yes. So... Let's talk back to, uh, we've talked about in the previous episodes, where where do I come from, my background. I first started at the vet. I was a, a vet technician. Mm-hmm. And back then, when I was at the clinic, this medication was not out yet. This is really something new in the past eight years now, because I left the vet industry eight years ago. And back then, it used to be uh, cortisone. Yes. So Myla, we're talking about her again, uh, she had allergies and I would assume it was more food allergies, but again, until I figured it out, that's kind of the way we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Like every six months I used to go back cause she used to do, uh, like a flare up, we would say like a flare up where it gets, the immune system gets bad and then she has pimples everywhere scratching scratching Mm. and bloody and i was like worried and then she had to get shaved and i had to do like a shampoos and all that stuff and they would give me antibiotics because of the dermatitis they don't want it to cause an infection Mm -hmm. and the second product was to reduce the inching and the inflammation would be cortisone now they would mention it at school when i learned uh during my pharmaceutical class is that cortisone is something that you cannot give long term Because what happens with cortisone is that it's going to affect the kidneys uh, and then it's going to just ruin the, the organ over yeah. time. And then, the, well, then it's kind of the end uh, at that point. Yeah. 
So I knew right away, I'm like, okay, I just don't want to keep giving this to my dog. I have to figure something out. So then I went raw route and it, I figured everything out and I just never gave that ever again. Uh, but now today, uh, it's been a few years now, my clients during grooming, they would come and said, oh, I'm giving this supplement before the grooming because my dog itches after grooming. And I was like, oh yeah, what is that? And they said, Apoquel. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that medication before. It's a medication. It's not it's a supplement. A me- no, no, it's a medication, yeah. this one. Uh, that's given at the vet. So then me, I'm like, right away, I'm like, hmm, I'm curious. Yeah. I, I know about pharmaceuticals and I know how they work. I know the molecules and stuff like that, like the basics. So I went on the computer and I did a research. What is Apoquel? Mm. And then they literally explain on the vet, the website where they made the medication, the company, where it came from. They have to explain what it does, the side effects, everything, the study, how long the study was. I went really long and beyond. I wanted to know exactly what this thing was. So what it is, is that it's an inhibitor inside the brain. So once the dog takes that medication or cats, I think it's pretty much any pet. If you have allergies, the vets now recommend this. Because it has, it has less side effects than cortisone. Okay. So they're, now they're going, okay, this is safer. Let's just give this one. So it inhibits inside the brain to make the dog or cat stop itching. So it's telling the brain, it's, it's stopping the signal that the brain is giving the body to scratch. It's basically blocking that signal from happening. It's just blocking the signal. Which means that the dog technically would still be itchy if the brain was not this the the signal was not being blocked so we're not getting to the root of anything at all we're just stopping the dog from itching yes so the issue immune wise or the allergy is still there but we're just preventing the itching so that it doesn't cause any physical issues or infections or uh, bruises or anything like that on the skin so as you mentioned before with the cortisone, that anything, any medication really, if you use it in a long term, there's going to be some sort of side effects. Could be. That's why we like to go as natural as possible. Now, if you're at a point in the middle of August, like we said here, August is pretty bad. Your dog is freaking out with the allergies. Yes, the... Try more, the natural method instead. You, you can know? try the natural method for sure. But if you're going to use Apoquel once because your dog is scratching oh, to the point yeah, yeah, of yeah. bleeding, yeah, for sure. please do use what you need to use. Go to the vet and get, get the medication Absolutely. Sure. But just keep in mind that, okay, this is kind of to get, get us out of the woods. And now we can use the natural route because that's going to be a lot easier on your dog's body in general. Yes. So what, what I would recommend is that, you know, if you guys have to give it because you we're in a situation where, okay, it's getting bloody, the dog's itching all the way to the blood. Okay, go on and give this and then let's start the natural supplements and give us a good month so that we, we make the, the products be effective and then stop the apoquel afterwards and see how it goes. Yeah. You know, or once you knew like the first year, okay, let's do apoquel and then, okay, next year I'm getting ready. Prevention. I'm preparing myself with the natural methods. Exactly. Like these, these medications that the vets are offering are, are, are there to help, you know, they're there to help, but they're not necessarily there to rely on. So exactly like Because of, of, often enough, most medications, I mean, other than antibiotics are there to kill the bacteria. Yeah. It's a treatment. Exactly. But when it comes to maybe other stuff, it's just temporary. Yeah. So that's all that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so now we covered uh, different environmental factors. We talked about allergies. Uh, we talked about prevention. Uh, now we want to look at how do we know the difference between if this is an environmental reaction or a food allergy? 
Okay, so food allergies, usually we're gonna go here first. If the dog, if people like our clients are saying, look, my dog is itchy all year round, then I'm gonna go the food route first. So we're gonna do an elimination diet. We're also maybe gonna add on the Glacier Peak test. A Glacier Peak is a holistic uh, test that's gonna go with the hair and the saliva and it's gonna get all the stressors, uh, indicators, I guess, if we could call it. Uh, so that we could see as much more. I use it personally in my consultations more for food, but there's still environment wise in the the test. Yeah. So some people actually still like to look at those. Yeah, because it gives you a real global everything. It's, it's just a global test and it's really just a helper. It's not confirmed this is an allergy. It's just this might increase inflammation. And we just like to use it as a as a guide to help us. So if we take care of the elimination diet, we fix the allergies with the food, like the elimination diet or food wise, then I wouldn't even think about environment. Yeah. Now that's if it's all year round. Now, so that's our, our number one indicator that it's probably, or could be more of a nutritional Could be issue. nutritional, yes. If not, it could be a combo of both. Mm -hmm. So I always just love to do food first because if we have a whole food diet and we make sure that diet wise we have everything figured it out then environment is just going to be a side note and then we're going to just boost the immune system yeah. for anything that's in the house if there's like there's stuff like uh, well, the dust and uh, things like that I might the dog might be allergic to but yeah and if it's more where we're talking about um environmental allergy on the outdoors then it's only during the seasons that have the greenery outside or pollen and stuff like that. Yeah, so as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we were talking about kind of like a gauge of for, for if the immune system was a gauge and uh, it's, it's maxed out. You know, we're not going to be able to have much time or space to work with. So by tackling food first, we could be taking that gauge down a notch by having less triggers for the immune system. Yes. So by doing that right away, then we maybe have more faster results when... If there is also an environmental allergy. Yes. So I always prefer... The, it's so easy to just say, okay, we're eliminating all of these things from the diet. And we're going strictly to, let's say, one protein. After three months, the immune system went down. Or we made sure that in three months, the immune system... That's how, it, how long it could take to detox. Yeah, that's really when we're talking about when there's allergens and toxins going on in the body. It takes about three months for those to detox the body. So if the dog has, has an allergy to chicken, we come up with a test that there's a sensitivity. We remove chicken. It could take up to three months for anything. The itching to go to away or any other symptoms regarding the allergy. It could take up to three months to completely go away or reduce as much as possible. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So we go there first. Now, if there's still itching after that, then we look at maybe the possibility of being environment also. Then we could tell people, well, you could go to the dermatologist. This is where we, I would recommend at the end. I, this is my last resort. The reason being is because it's a specialist and it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It's not... I don't tell people, yeah, go see the dermatologist first. If you want to do that, you can. But there's a lot of things that we can do before getting to that point. Absolutely. So at the dermatologist, what exactly are they going to be doing that's different than just going to the vet? Yeah. So I was... Uh, during a vet tech, I did a stage. So I went... Uh, to that emergency clinic where there's like all of the services there mm -hmm. and I spent a week with the dermatologist on it. Honestly, this was one of my favorite 
uh, specialties over there. Really? I really enjoyed that one. Like, when it was the cancer, there's just a lot of dogs dying or dogs yeah, sick and a lot of people sad. crying. So you have to be able to be strong enough for that. Yeah. So that was obviously, I think, one of my least. I didn't like that one. Uh, but the dermatology was really interesting. Mm. Very interesting. And then one of the things that they... The most common test that they do is for environmental allergies. So what they do is that they shave a good square on the abdomen. Oh, it's a scratch test? It, they do a scratch test? No, they inject the allergens. Okay. They, they put like a... They dots. Mm-hmm. And then at each dot, they know each one what is what. Okay. So and then they inject at every little dot a different allergen. And then they see if it makes a reaction. Okay. So if there's a physical reaction, then they confirm, okay, the dog's allergic to dust, is allergic to humans, is allergic to cat, or whatever reason being environmental-wise. Mm. By the way, there is no test on the market that confirms for sure food allergies. Mm-hmm. It's Th- very hard to really find in a test scientifically. So we could have a test that help us, but they're not confirmed, confirmed food allergy tests. Well, this is why we go by elimination. Because if you eliminate yes. something for three months and then you bring it back into the diet and you have a, a reaction, That's you can sure. confirm that maybe it's not necessarily a severe allergy, but there's a reaction. So, of course, you're going to stay away from that. Yeah. You don't want your dog's immune system and digestive system to be in upheaval. Yeah, so that's the manual way and the best way to figure it out. I think it's one of the most effective ways, yeah. Yeah, but for at least we know environment-wise, we could go to the dermatologist and figure it out. Yeah. And then if you guys are ready to go on and spend all the way you have, you guys have insurance or you want to, you know, want to put that money on, like the investment on your dog, it's going to work. They have this type of uh, medication that has very, very small dose of allergens. Okay. A spray that you're going to apply in the dog's mouth every day. Mm-hmm. And every month, they're just going to increase those allergens slowly, slowly inside the spray. Until your dog's not allergic to it anymore. Okay, so it's like an exposure kind of treatment. Yes. Wow, I didn't even know that existed. I had one of my clients, she uh, she did it. like Because w- I used to have uh, Dobermans and I sold her one. And we kept in contact and she was always sending me pictures. And at some point she told me, she's like, oh, I had to go to the dermatologist and I did this because my dog had full of allergies and Mm. I was fed up. Mm -hmm. And I did this. And I was like, oh, yeah, you did it. And she's like, yeah, I spent like $10,000, but it worked. So I was like, hey, you you know know what? If you're, you know, if you're happy with that, If you can do it and the dog is suffering with allergies because they're... Some There's dogs, it's really severe. Yeah, it's that's really it. Bad. That's it. We don't know. We don't know what we're going to get when you get a dog, you know? You no. Know. There's no. only so much you can know. <laughs> Actually, at this point, it's one out of three has immune immunity issues. Yeah. Either food or environment-wise, there's going to be a dog that's going to have sensitivities. This is exactly why we talk about prevention, and we try to inform you guys on having the most variety, natural variety. Yeah, because there's just so much pollution out there, and our foods, or the quality of the food is not very great. So already there, they're not getting all of their energy, all of their strength from our food source because our food source is not that that good of a quality unless you're getting everything organic and you're making everything yourself, yeah. which is very unlikely. So why not just use all of these immune boosting things to make sure that we're preventing all of those situations from happening in advance? Absolutely. So that's good to know that we have that extra option with the dermatologist as well. I would say, pers- well, this is my own personal opinion, would be a last recourse because yeah, we do have too. a lot of options. Yeah. However, if if you want to just jump right to it, 
you definitely it's the can. option so you guys know what it what it does if you're going to call a dermatologist and the dog has allergies this is probably one of the tests for sure that they're going to recommend you to do perfect so we did talk about um again if we're just recapping we talked about prevention natural remedies we talked about protect protecting the paws and the snout we talked about apoquel we talked about uh nutrition and food the environment the dermatologist we also did touch a bit on the pollution and what's going on in the air and what's going on in the ground and the bacteria that is surrounded everywhere. However, we do have to consider also that there could be an accumulation of these toxins. So this can be an accumulation of many different things in the body. Yes. So one thing that this sometimes it's a little harder to diagnose. pinpoint yeah. or like because we technically speaking as we're not doctors, so we can't diagnose yeah, anything. Yeah. And um what happens is that let's say we thought it was allergies we thought it was food or environment and we're still not figuring out our dog is still itchy we're giving the probiotics to boost their immune system we're trying to give them immune boosting supplements and yet we still have issues then um what we could do is that we could help the liver because maybe the liver is just stuck yeah so the liver can also be overwhelmed it could be over i'm I was going to say over polluted, over polluted. Yeah, because the liver is a filter, right? So if you have an overload of toxins, which this can be heavy metals, this is a, a big one that's been coming up a lot lately, is that a lot of times uh, the dogs will become sensitive to heavy metals. So if you're feeding your dog a strict fish diet, be very careful of those heavy metals. The heavy metals might be he uh, higher on the dogs that are only on a fish diet. So the reason being why we recommend usually in a diet to not go over 10%. Like this, we're not accumulating those heavy metals. We're preventing it as much as we can. Yeah. If, let's say, oh, well, my dog's only diet that works is on a fish diet, then I would recommend you and use a liver cleanse. Either we're, we have two options in store, and those are the two usually that we recommend the most, is either we're going to go with the liver tonic from Adored Beast, which is a mixed blend of different herbs and ingredients naturally that will help detoxify the liver yeah or we could just go with something simple and give it a shot with the dandelion roof uh root and mm -hmm. leaf <laughs> that's a little uh, sometimes then the words are a bit similar so honestly the liver tonic i've used it personally on myla reason being why and like the vet i was um with a vet when we were talking about this uh, a holistic vet and she was telling me you know now your dog's on a permanent medication because she had Cushing's disease and so she's exposed to those side effects yeah and the, all these toxic well chemicals not toxins but like a chemical that she's always filtering through her in liver medication and yeah. her liver was weakened out because she already had a tumor in her liver so I was like well I want to help that liver because it's already affected right yeah. so I was doing the liver tonic every three months or so okay because she was on constant medication and I knew already that she had sensitivities and everything. So every time I did the liver tonic, I noticed reduced redness, reduced itching. Because even though I was on a raw diet and she wasn't itchy anymore, I still had periods and days and times that, especially when she started having the Cushing's disease, I noticed her ears going red or she started licking more. And then I would do the liver tonic and then it would go away. Wow. So I know it, it works, and I used it on this specific reason. So if your dog's on a medication, it's considered chemicals. It's some sort of a toxin. I would recommend doing the liver tonic every, like, every so three months or so. 
Uh, do the full bottle. Then once you're done the bottle, do a break. Then after that break, you do the bo uh, another one again. You don't want to always continuously give the product yeah, over no. and over again because then it's going to lose its efficiency. We want to make sure that the dog is uh, on its own, is, is able to function on its own. You want the liver to be working, to be functional, and not always have a supplement that's there to support it. Definitely. Even once every six months is enough too, you know? So for those example that it's more on a fish diet yeah. or uh, the, the toxins from outside, you live in the city, there's a lot of traffic, a lot of pollution... Uh, a lot of fog, or is it called smog? It's or smog is more the polluted fog, I, I believe. Yeah. So <laughs> the the places where usually it's gonna be more city. You know, if yeah. you guys are living more in the uh, rural rural areas, or you know, you're more in the farms and stuff like that. There's less pollution there. Mm -hmm. So if you're more in the city, I would recommend at least doing it once or twice a year. What about for seniors? Is that something that would be beneficial for a senior, just because they've had a whole life of you know? filtering stuff out could that be just a, a good boost for their system or is it not necessary it's not necessary but i would again just say because we live in this world we have toxins and pollution everywhere it's it's not a bad thing to either use maybe something that's a little more simple so maybe the going dandelion. With dandelion for yeah. those that don't have any issues or with medication or heavy metals i would go more with the dandelion uh, dandelion root this word is getting long to pronounce right now. <laughs> and the liver tonic is more like specifically for dogs either on medication or for the heavy metals. Let's say if you're on a fish diet or if you're giving a lot of the algae, kelp, spirulina, stuff like that that comes from the ocean. Yes. Anything from the ocean, guys, has heavy metals unless it's a fish that is a kind of immune to the heavy metals. And there's only two. Mm -hmm. Shrimp, well, um, krill, and uh, calamari. Okay. The only ones. Everybody else in the ocean has a high, low, medium, or high levels of heavy metals. So that is something that we definitely recommend if you guys want to go look out for. You can definitely look out for that. Wherever you're buying your food or your supplements, um, go check that out. Yeah, so we're talking like immunity supplements now. What's the difference between different ones? There's different brands out there. The ones that we recommend is because we know that there's the quality that goes with it. So let's say Adored Beast. We know Adored Beast is a company that, first of all, it comes from a vet. The vet obviously is a doctor. They want to make sure that the products that they're making they is... Do, they do is, a lot of tests. They do a lot of tests. Yeah. They also think about sustainability. Yes. So they think about the environment. All right. So getting back to supplements where um, if we're, we're taking supplements... We're making sure of the quality. Different brands might some do testing, some don't. Mm -hmm. We know Adored Beast does. Yeah. There's other good ones out there as well. It's just that this is the one that we have in store that we 100% trust. So let's say we have different minerals. This is usually what we're going to say to a client. Basically, my dog has no issues, but I still want to boost as much as I can. What do I do? And we're going to tell clients, you give them a whole food diet as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to give an omega-3. Yeah. We're going to do a podcast about that, guys. We're going to go more in detail later on. About why omegas are so important, what they yes. do, what different kinds there are. Yeah. So that would be the minimum minimum. Then for certain diets, let's say you're not doing a lot of rotations of proteins, mm -hmm. then I'm going to add on a mineral. Yeah. So when we're doing mineral, it's the, the main ones that are on the market are uh, phytoplankton, kelp, or spirulina. Those are the three main ones. And I'm going to talk about the difference between 
what's the difference between um, Phytos Energy and Kelp? Because the one from Adored Beast um, Phytos is... Phytos Energy is the one from Adored Beast. That's the, uh, that's the supplement. That's the supplement. That's what it's called. Yes, yeah. because it's the plant. And it's a plant that's on Earth, mm-hmm. not from the ocean. So this one is not affected by heavy metals. Yes. Now, a lot of people... Now we're talking about uh, completing a diet or boosting the dog's immune system or making sure everything's correct, everything's good. People are going to start adding kelp to the diet or there's going to be raw diets or even kibbles that have kelp in it. Already added. And the dog is going to be itchy. Yes. So that's definitely something to look out for. It There's always... We always need to know what ingredients are going in the food that our animals are eating. And just that one little detail of having kelp, the dog not isn't necessarily allergic to any proteins, but could be sensitive to kelp. Yeah. Because so, that could contain a heavy metal. So the kelp, this the main reason why maybe dogs are reacting to it is just because of the heavy metals. Mm-hmm. Or let's say it could be it's a fish diet and has kelp on top of it. Well, it's too, ma- too much heavy metals for your dog. Yeah. So then we say, okay, let's remove the kelp. We're not saying that kelp is horrible because it is one of the cheaper options and it is a great supplement. Just be mindful that this could be a potential stressor. If we're thinking that maybe we suspect or once your dog reacts to it might be the reason being because your dog is more sensitive and it's sensitive to heavy metals. Mm -hmm. So this is not something usually a lot of people talk about. But this is part of environmental allergies or things that even you could ingest from the food. And could be an issue to why the dog's itching. Yep. Not necessarily a food allergy. Mm-hmm. It's just that, okay, there's just too much heavy metals and the dog's going to get itchy with that. Yeah, so it's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, so... The other one we were talking about was spirulina. Spirulina. So that's another one that's also high quality. It's from the ocean, though. There's still some level of heavy metal in it. So we're not going to get into detail with spirulina because we have the description for comparing the difference between kelp and phytosynergy from Adored Beast. So I'm going to go on and, uh, and read it for you guys. So the uh, phytosynergy is a pure marine uh, phytoplankton is complete nutrition that absorbs and resonates with the body synergistic process. When you incorporate it as part of your animal's daily food, you are supporting their entire body, overall health and longevity. Now, the difference with kelp, you want to go on and continue with this? Yeah, so the difference with kelp from phytosynergy is one very big difference is that phytoplankton is the number one food source of the oceans, okay? So it's what the animals of the sea choose to eat and get the most nutrition and antioxidant value, okay? That's important with antioxidants. Yes. Saying that, phytosynergy is dedicated to not taking any source from the ocean. So it's grown on land and completely sustainable, and at Adored Beast, we believe that the ethical treatment of all beasts is important and no other animals should be compromised to suffer for the production of other products. So because the heavy metals in all of our water sources, not just ocean water, is extremely hard to find um, clean kelp, algae, sea greens, or phytoplankton now. Because phytosynergy is grown on land, the ocean water is filtered from all the heavy metals and therefore considered one of the purest products in the world. Wow. Then the specific strains included in our phytosynergy were uh, pains. I can't even say this word. Painstakingly. Painstakingly. Okay, chosen. Mm-hmm. Wow, those are like nice words. <laughs> that is the reason it is labeled a pro- uh, property blend. We worked with scientists for a long time to be sure we were bringing to the market the best strains possible for our animal companions. Now, this is the definition of 
the quality from them from other biz this is their description yeah. on their website yeah i wanted to specifically put it exactly as is because they explain it so well so here you here you okay like if you look at the price sometimes people are going to look go on our website and wonder okay but they're all minerals what's the difference between kelp spirulina and uh phytosynergy yeah. well there you go there's yeah. the pure description definition of why And we even recommend, go and check out Adored Beast's website. They have so much information on there. They have all... Even articles. Oh, it's it's cr- great. It's their really newsletter good. is honestly one of the most informative newsletters that yeah. I've seen. I love their newsletter. <laughs> I read it every time. Every time there's one in, I'm like, oh, it's this. It's new. I like it. Uh, they always have something interesting to talk about health-wise, well-being-wise yeah. about our pets. It's Behavior, great. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of so, stuff. And also, side note. Sometimes you also could look at the price tag of a product, one versus the other. Look at the quantity you guys are going to give. Because mm-hmm. maybe the price tag is higher. Let's say Spirulina and Phytosynergia have a higher price tag, but you're giving less. Adored Beast in general, you're not giving... You don't no. have to give much. They're very potent, so maybe price tag for the product is, is expensive, but you're giving less. Might so last you three times as long. <laughs> might last longer. So technically speaking, it's maybe not that more expensive yeah. than let's say going with the cheap kelp. Absolutely. Again, we're not saying kelp is no good because if your dog could tolerate it, it still counts as a good supplement. Absolutely. To add. Absolutely. That's something too that you can do trial and error with. Now we're going to finish on a side note and this also will be on another podcast that we will talk about, but it's adaptogens. Yeah, so we have all kinds of uh, different mushrooms that do different things. Uh, they are considered an adaptogen, and we want to go very much in-depth because this is something that's being spoken about a lot, but it's also something that's a little misunderstood sometimes. Yes. So we want to go and explain to you guys what exactly uh, what exactly an adaptogen is, what it does, why it's important, and then what kind of stuff we can use to support that. It is so multi-use that sometimes we're not going to necessarily think this as a first supplement to give but it's a multi-use multi-function product yeah. and it's amazing like yeah. i've used it on myla i'm using it now for myself it's literally game changer for a lot of aspects in health so we'll get back to you uh, with omega-3s and adaptogens on another episode so thanks guys for tuning in for our fourth episode of dog spa where we talked all about environment if you have any questions concerns or anything that you want to learn more about Please feel free to send us an email, send us a text, call us at the store, come see us in store, and we'd love to elaborate more on uh, what we discussed today. Yeah, and uh, don't uh, forget to share on uh, social media or to your friends and family about this podcast. We would love for as many ears as possible to listen to uh, all of this great information about natural products and the wellness for dogs. All right. All right, so see you next time. Yeah.